This is Gene Lance on the Workers' Beat Extra. I want to talk about why democracy must die. And of course, I'm not talking about the Supreme Court. It's bad enough that one of the three main parts of the American government has gone toward the reactionaries. I'm saying that all of democracy is in jeopardy. The whole idea of American democracy, now you might include in that elections, you might include in that the free press, you might include that the right to organize, because organized unions and the free press are fortresses for democracy. They're all in jeopardy, as is our electoral system. Now, none of this was perfect. None of this has ever been perfect. When the United States was first started with slavery as an important part of it and uh, and the full intention of genocide against the Native Americans, democracy was hardly perfect. And it's never been perfect since then, but it has gotten better and better. And that's exactly the problem. Democracy is becoming less and less convenient for the people in power. Now, when democracy first began to spread to the working people around the year 1651 in England, it worked out great for the rich because they had to have a new kind of workers. The new kind of workers were prematurely named free labor, and they were far superior to the slaves, serfs, and peons of before. The new merchants and manufacturers could employ free labor to run their complicated machinery. You couldn't have done that with slaves, serfs, or peons. You couldn't train them. You wouldn't want them educated. You wouldn't want to trust them with your expensive equipment because slaves, serfs, and peons are not cooperative. They don't do very well when you turn your back. As long as plows and plows and wheelbarrows were the highest technology, everything was okay. But when technology began to get above plows and wheelbarrows, they needed a different kind of laborer, a different kind of working family. And that's why free labor came about. And part of free labor was to have partial democracy. Imperfect democracy, to be sure, but some kind of democracy. When we got intercontinental travel and high-level manufacturing, the bosses needed workers who could be highly trained and organized, not organized for themselves, but organized on the job, so they could uh, run assembly lines and that sort of thing. Now, if we wanted to talk about isms, we could say that capitalism created free labor and increased democracy. But isms are just a distraction. What we're actually talking about is groups of people bound together by their common economic interests. The big group was free labor, but the smaller group of bosses was running things. The free labor group believed, as all exploited people generally do believe, that they were part of an ageless and unchangeable system, for better or for worse. Through the generations, we studied and we toiled. We believed for our own benefit 
and for the benefit of our children. Actually, the main beneficiaries were in the other group. Democracy was a blessing to the working people and not entirely inconvenient for the bosses, as long as they still controlled the major economic decisions. Workers could be allowed to vote for some of their representatives in government, but they were allowed very little say-so about major economic decisions or government policy. For example, decisions about war in particular had to be reserved for the elite. So we had partial democracy and we fought to make it better democracy. Here in America, partial democracy had barely begun before it began to be challenged. Slavery became intolerable, not only to the slaves, but to a significant part of the population. Landless workers wanted democracy. Women wanted to vote. People of color wanted freedom. Younger people insisted on a fair share of power. Everybody wanted more education for their children, and independent news agencies sprang up everywhere in America. The elite rulers found themselves with the Frankenstein dilemma. They had created and nurtured free labor and its concomitant democracy, but both were getting out of control. The changes were gradual over time. Ordinary people became better educated, more information sources became available, communications improved, organization opportunities grew, Democracy was ascending, and the tight grip of the ever smaller group of big bosses was threatened. Now, this change is gradual, and, and you don't usually notice it day by day, but it is highlighted in certain events and time periods. The Vietnam War was one of them. From the bosses' point of view, their decision was a simple one. They were going to destroy their enemies and perpetuate their control just as they were accustomed to doing. But democracy and the people began to interfere about the war in Vietnam. And then it got really bad for the bosses when the civil rights movement joined hands with the anti-war demonstrators, and then even the bosses could see that change was coming, and they didn't need Bob Dylan to tell them either. Since then, since the Vietnam War, Education has really exploded. It's gone much further than ever before. Information sources have multiplied. Communication has headed for the roof, going through the roof, and organizing opportunities are going through the stratosphere. The people see democracy as more than just a comfort. It is a necessity and must be extended from the people's point of view. From the boss's point of view, they no longer see democracy as tolerable. Well, not all the bosses. A significant number of the bosses no longer see democracy as tolerable. It has to be fought. It has to be killed. And that's why, for the last few decades, the decisions coming out of government, and particularly from one, one of the two parties, have been against democracy for voter suppression, for taking away uh, independent news sources and for cutting away at all the things that make it possible 
for people to interact uh, democratically. So from the boss's point of view, democracy has to die. Now, does that mean it will die? Let me say what I think will happen. What I think will happen sooner or later is what must happen. The immovable object and the irresistible force must eventually confront one another. Progress and reaction cannot reconcile. A small group of secret rulers will not willingly cede control. Ascendant democracy for all cannot tolerate a small group of secret rulers. It, I think it's very likely to come to a head after the November 3rd election because Mr. Trump has made it clear that he intends to set the election aside if he doesn't win. If there's not a, a landslide victory, then I expect Mr. Trump to uh, go through the courts, uh, go through the legislatures, uh, go against the, uh, the uh, information sources, go against the people, go against democracy, and try to have the election set aside. And I think that's very likely. But who will win? I think that ascendant democracy will win. It didn't just happen for no reason. It happened because our, our education got better, our communications got better, our information sources got better, our possibilities for organizing got better, and that's why I think democracy will not die. I think it will expand and get better because the people will make it so. This is Gene Lance on the Workers Beat Extra.